0: Thank you so much for that song. Wow, y'all did not choose songs that were just fluffy. Wow, y'all chose some songs with some depth. Make us think as we get ready here for this final service here together. Well, first off, good evening. Hope you're doing well. And let me just say a couple things right before we jump into the passage today. Um, First off, I just want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to Pastor Wright for the invitation initially. You know, I I come in and nobody owes us a thing. You know, we're just folks, we just people from Morehead City, North Carolina, and we we're not looking, you know, saying all oh, you need this, this, whatever. We just we just want to serve the Lord, and um, y'all have done a wonderful job of taking care of us. Many of you probably have no idea the backstory of where exactly where are you staying and what exactly how did you eat this week, <laughs> and all the things that go into it. I just want to let you know that we have been well taken care of. Every need that we have had during this time has been well fulfilled place that we're staying is amazingly comfortable we've been having our time we had a good time with the family obviously I'm in prep and getting ready to go but as far as making our stay as comfortable as possible and so for those who have no clue just know that your pastoral staff and those who are involved has taken care of us royally we just want to also say what a blessing it's been I just want to say to y'all as far as many of you been here tonight you know, it's been a very busy week and maybe the weekdays that you could not you've been able here to be here every day you were able to and that's encouraging and also y'all have listened and amazingly well. You're making me preach really long because I think that I'm not preaching long because you're all listening so well. You think I'm kidding, but actually I've looked at the clock and go, wow, <laughs> I guess I have been running my mouth long, longer than I thought. And so I just want to say, just a, just, it, it's, you know, obviously it's always good to preach God's word, even if people are looking at me like sometimes and just are shaking their heads and saying, <laughs> or doing other gestures that might make me feel they're not paying attention. But it is a blessing to preach in an environment to which it's been ready to receive. And I do believe, and since a spirit of anticipation, as we get ready into this final sermon, together. You know, and, um, you know, and real quick, just want to mention this as well, is uh, at the back, uh, my daughters most likely, or they, they might set them in the back. You can have them set in the back. Baby, is that fine? So what is have, we have our prayer cards here. We want you to grab them. We want you to pray for us. We want God's power wherever we go. You know, obviously, I I, um, I I believe in prayer, right? And obviously, we know we say that, but I really ask people to even consider committing to pray for us. You know, it's one thing to be like, okay, that's nice, and that's a little photo that you got there. No, pray for us for us man you know that God would that we would be able to continue to be where God wants us to be look some people are like so pray that you you know just like a little ploy for financial things no it's not here's what it is I, what keeps me up is, at night is this what keeps me up at night is that I just am checking off boxes in the ministry of evangelism that's what keeps me up at night just do a little meeting do a little meeting go to the next place if I ever got to that point you would find me doing something else with my life you know, I believe God orchestrated. God laid it on Pastor Wright's heart. You know, this, here we are. This is the timing. Practically speaking, it's worked out. And all I, I'm just trying to take the steps I can. And wherever we go, whatever God wants to accomplish during that time, we want the Lord's power during that time. And we ask for your prayers um, there, as, as we continue to do that and serve serve the Lord. You know. Um, also, uh, you know, all the gifts and different things we say a giant thank you to, and also just the kindness shown, and even the kind comments at the end of the service. Maybe you were lying to me when you were saying the kind comments, but it made me feel good regardless <laughs> whether or not you're lying to me. But it's definitely been an encouragement as we've kind of gone through this week. And so, a hearty thank you. If there is another word that was uh, uh, that was stronger, I would say it. Uh, I guess in español, I uh, said "decimos que muchísimo gracias." I It's like, muchas gracias, it's like muchísimo. When you add that, it's like really, really big, right? So, uh, muchísimo, thank you um, to you guys for everything um, that's been done this week. You know, as I've been through a lot of different services myself, as far as in sitting through revivals. And and, and, and many times, you know, during the Bible, the Lord speaks to me very specifically about a certain area. And so, two or three years from now, it's kind of hard to look back and say... You might remember a feeling or maybe being challenged during revival, but I am challenging you to have a thought that you are going to meditate. One thought that you're going to be meditating on past this day. So that, you know, as time progresses and whatever it be, that you continue to be able to let that be something that you think through. Now... As you've, you know, maybe it's already been preached this week, maybe the aspect of breathing hope and killing hope killers or maybe the aspect of being careful about judging or maybe for you it's a just shall live by his faith, whatever it is you take from this time. But this message here will be so incredibly practical that if there's still something, I'm not saying the Lord has not spoken to you, but something that I believe in every area of our life that we can have improvement on would be this area to which I hope that this would bring, this message would be a a, that when put to practice, will bring the body of Christ at Harvest Baptist closer together. You know, as we are going to be looking, we're going to be beginning, we're going to be looking at the book of 1 John. So if you have your Bibles, let's turn over there to the book of 1 John. We're going to begin in chapter number 3 in the book of 1 John. You see, what's interesting is going on in this passage is this, is that the language that is used all throughout the book of 1 John. It's, it's, it's interesting because in our time today, it's a little bit different. Obviously, it's a lot different. And, and the book, even that I'm reading and seeing the differences of how you probably keep me, hear me keep on talking about culture, culture, Eastern culture, Western culture make a difference because it does make a huge difference to how you see things. Now, for us, you know, like many times you have a lot of relationships that are even outside of this church, but do you understand, during the first century, church, this was a new thing. You see, many times we wonder to ourselves, what's it like going to one day, I'm saved by the grace of God, and I go to heaven, and all the questions I want to ask the disciples or the people of old. Now, I know that we, whether or not we are going to be even curious about that, I don't know, but let's just say people come, we're like, we're going to ask "No, what was it like to build an ark? We're going to ask Elijah, what was it like to bring that fire down? Do you know what? The people of God are probably going to look at you and I... And And do what they're gonna be asking us. What was it like to have the Holy Spirit of God living up inside you? (laughs) What was it like to be able to walk through your life and as you did, you had resurrection power inside of you to conquer the sin and have victory over temptation? Sometimes we negate the amazing truth of the Holy Spirit of God living inside of us. In the first century church, this is brand new, this is awesome. The Holy Ghost is living inside of us. When they made that decision to, I have decided to follow Jesus. Do you know what it meant? It meant family was gone. Their blood, family. See, you sometimes wonder why there's so many genealogies in the Bible. You know, you're kind of reading through and it's just kind of like, you know, like, wow. Like, wow, you go through Leviticus, on I mean, the Chronicles and different things. You know, family was a big deal. Your family name was your inheritance. It was keeping records to what not just historical data. It was for the sake of knowing and being aware of even what one day you would acquire. And you could even trace back to say, no, this is our land because my great grandpa and blah, blah, blah going back had this piece of land. Family was a big deal. So to say that your family walks away, your blood family walks away during this time, it was a great struggle that the early church had. And then the book of 1 John. He uses language that's very interesting. He uses family language brother, sister, children. As you go through the whole book, my little children. It has the idea, as you hear this language, this familial language that is used here, we're understanding of the body of Christ, and only t- I know so many times we say it, and but maybe it might not just ring as true as it really is, but the body of Christ is to be a family. It's a family of God. I believe with all my heart that your local body of believers, the closest relationships that you have on this side of heaven are people that are inside this room right now. Because they're part of the body of Christ. Now, look, here's what we're going to do. We're gonna, I'm only going to preach two verses, okay? Because there's so much to be said. And as we look at these two verses, I'm going to, and I tell you this prior because it's going to seem like, what? This is really direct to your God? I'm speaking on giving, which is odd, kind of a setting. But I wanted to think it more than just what you and I may think. And I want us to go through these two verses and see this together as it relates to the body of Christ. The Bible says in 1 John chapter number 3, verse number 17, here is how it begins. But whoso hath this world's good, and seeth his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him, how dwelleth the love of God in him. Let us not love, my little children, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. We're going to march through these verses, quick exposition, make three points, one closing thought. and We're going to call this weekend. Let's pray as we begin. Father in heaven, Lord, we come to you humbly. Lord, we come to you with thanksgiving. We thank you, Lord, for what you have already blessed us and spoke to us about. Lord, I thank you for the opportunity, Lord, as we have this time, Lord, to be able to meet this last time as far as myself being here at Harvest. I pray that you just continue to use and, Lord, work in the ministry that is here. I pray that you just empty me of myself and fill thy spirit. Lord, I have no desire to put it in neutral. I have no desire to kind of just ride the wave of what's taking place already this week. And how, Lord, how you save souls and how you've done things. Lord, this is not the time. Lord, we're going to right now ask a fresh anointing. Lord, Lord, we're asking even now, Lord, that you continue to speak to our heart. Lord, do our work. I pray, Lord, that the body of Christ, Lord, would come together. It would be closer. Lord, I pray, Lord, that what we see here would not be an anomaly of having the body of Christ, being the family of Christ. Lord, I pray it will be a normalcy that we will see upon this matter in these verses. Lord, I pray that you just use your word as you have done this week. We thank you so much, Lord, for everything you've done and everything you will do. For it's in Christ's name we certainly pray it all. Amen. And amen. All right, so let's march through this passage. Now, a lot could be said about the context of what's taking place here, but understand he is talking to believers in this setting here in the book of 1 John. And it says this, but whoso hath this world's good. So let's stop there and let's just define a couple of things. Whoso hath this world's good. So that means we're talking about the body of Christ. Who we sometimes think, okay, somebody has the world's good. So that means the guy who's loaded. That means the guy who has a house um, here in Georgia and in Florida. Uh, the guy that just built the extra addition to his ho- home. or That's somebody who has this world's good. That's somebody who has a lot of resources to their name. Now, as you look at it, though, you look biblically, there's, the Bible says there's two things that we have that we ought to be content. You know those two things are? Food and raiment, <laughs> all right? I know that many times it's gotten a little bit backwards that we think that if we just read our Bible for a week that God owes us a lot, you know? Like, but God says, see, there's two things, two things to be content, food and raiment. So what I'm saying broadly as we begin this passage and looking at it is that whoso hath this world's good that's a pretty broad audience <laughs> that's a and in this group and in this crowd in the body of Christ here I would dare say that that would be pretty much everybody inside of the house you say but brother Adrian I don't have such and such and thus and so but as you look we're going to see this is more than just resources that you have in this world as far as financial we're going to be seeing other things that you that the Lord has blessed us with so let's just start Right, number one, this, but who saw this world's good? It's a very broad audience who he's speaking to. And then the Bible says this, and see it, his brother have need. So let's stop here for just a moment. So here he is. He has this world's good, all right? He has things. He looks over and he sees his brother has a need, all right? Now. The word here is theoreo, right? It's a Greek word and that word essentially it has the idea of not just seeing and walking by. Here's another made up word, but forgive forgive me for the hyphenated word. But when you compare the compound words and put it together, it has the idea of contemplative observation, contemplative observation observation, all right? Stay with me. I know I'm getting nerdy here, but let's just stay with me just for a moment. This word is also used in the Gospels. Jesus was out doing miracles. As he was doing miracles, there were people who looked over and saw his miracles. That's the word, okay? They saw his miracles and they rejected him. Now, it wasn't this kind of word of like, wow, he healed a blind man. Nah, he's not the Messiah. No. It has the idea of they saw it, turned their head, and could still see it. So, so, so it's not like, so they saw it, and they meditated upon it. Hmm, he just healed that blind. He re, that man was blind. Did you see? That man was blind. He healed. Contemplative observation. Saw what Jesus did, and after they saw what Jesus did, they said, nah, nah, he's not the Messiah. So so here's what the verse is saying, all right? Whoso hath this world's good. And then he goes out and he sees his brother has a need. So he sees that he has a need. He turns his head and can still see his brother in his head. All right? That's the picture, all right? Right. right. We got a word theater from there, actually, I believe. I guess we can put the Latin and then going through. But anyway, also, the Bible says, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. All right. So now continue. So so throughout this world's good see his brother has a need then he shutteth up his bowels of compassion. Now I am going to use the illustration of a faucet in a sink than bowels. Just be a little bit just different. All right? All right. So let's just say you're in the in a kitchen or something. And let's just say this microphone right here is the sink. I don't think I'm going to break this, but let's just say when you turn the sink on, the way it works in our house, you push it up, right? And then it goes I always, I should just leave stuff alone, shouldn't I? Anyway, let me just leave it right there. But anyway, you get the idea, right? <laughs> All right. You push it up. When you push it up, water comes out, right? Now, now, right now, in this picture here, the water's flowing, 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 flowing. Now, to turn the water off, obviously, you take your hand and you press it down. You shut it off, right? Now, it takes a volitional, it takes a choice to be able to then, Push it down. So what he's saying is this, all right? So shutteth up his bowels of compassion. What is natural for somebody who has God's love in them is going to be this bowel. It's like this compassion running through. So what happens is, this guy, he's thinking about his brother, thinks about his need inside of his life, and as he's thinking, the bowels of compassion are flowing down, and what they do is this. They shut it off. They go to the part of them that is God-given and say, nah, I don't want to feel that. I don't want to think like that. I don't want to think what it would be like to give. I don't want to think about what it would be like if I did. So what he does is that which is natural, that, well, say natural, as far as a believer that has the Holy Spirit, that God gives them this, then he person then goes up, he has the goods, but he says, you know what? I, not me, and he shuts it, shuts it off. Now, what does it say? It's a rhetorical question. At the end of the verse, it says this, how dwelleth the love of God in him? He did not say the love of God's not, but it says a rhetorical question of like, who does that? How is that? So you got God's love in you, and now that love in you is prompting you to step in and help a brother that is in need. And you go and turn that off. He says, how does that happen? How dwelleth the love of God in him? Now, continues, my little children, again, family language, let us not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. This is the first biblical way of saying talk is cheap the first biblical way of saying oh yeah you love everybody right but doing nothing for nobody he says stop talking with just words he says it's time to see this indeed all right those are the verses all right now all we do is march through this just get an explanation Whoso hath this world's good i have it see my brother has a need think about it contemplate it. Observation. See his brother have need, and shutteth up his bowels of compassion from him. How dwell the love of God in him. Let's not love in word, either in tongue, but indeed in truth. Here's how we're gonna begin. Three points. Number one, as we begin, we see number one, seeing the need. Seeing the need the need. Now, again, it seems like you're Adrian. you're preaching what you're just saying. No, I want to now take these thoughts that we just look at this verse and put it in this little happy little outline I guess you could say of thinking through this area of the aspect of giving. Number one is seeing the need. You see, we can't ever help a need if we don't see a need. But see, here is the problem though. Many times as Christians, it's hard for us to see the need. Because if we can't see the need, if we're focused on ourselves. We can't see the need if we are never trying when we come to the body of Christ to see somebody else who may be hurting or see somebody else who may be struggling or see somebody else who's going through a time. You see, if I will never see the need, I will never act upon a need. See, see, what's the last time when I came to church? Hear the conversation that happened. See, what's the last time I came to church and I'm driving? And let's just say I'm dad and have my family inside the car, and then I have the rearview mirror and I kind of look at my kids back in the back. And I kind of says, hey, when y'all get to church, I want you to go find somebody at church, and I just want you to be a blessing. I just met may- draw a picture. Oh, just 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 say something kind. Just just go some, just do go the extra mile. Just just give somebody a hug for, for just no reason. When's the last time that we just came? just to be a blessing see here's what happens many times we come to church and it better be good he better preach it right he better give me something i need it better hit home it better be this it better be that yeah it better be all about you this is what he's saying can i see the need of another person if i'm so focused on my own needs see that all right oh, wants me to then say it's assumed that you're coming in and you're trying your best then to look at the others inside the body of Christ, not ignoring the fact that you have situations in your life. Not ignoring the fact of what God's doing and working inside of you. But this is how the body works. Continue. Seize the need. But then also feel the need. All right? You might not like the word, but it's all I can figure out, right? Feel the need. Here's what here I mean by feel the need. All right? So which this world's good, he sees his brother has a need. Now, what's interesting is, is that God will allow you to see the needs that other people won't see. It, it, see, here's what I mean. Do You know that God has given you a specific set of life circumstances that are unique to you. That as they're so unique that now when you look out after having the circumstances that have been in your life that you have had, you can look out and see needs that other people don't see. God just did not heal you from cancer so you can wear a t-shirt, cancer free. He healed you from cancer that now when you see somebody else that's going through the same battle, you can come alongside them and help them through it. You see what I saying? I can see the need. You can then see and feel the need of somebody else. Because now, when you say maybe that someone's going through a time when they've lost their job and they haven't they can't find a job and, and get settled down. Now for me, I'm like, oh, that's a bad thing. But somebody's been sitting up in here and couldn't find a job for two years, guess what? You're gonna feel it. <laughs> You're gonna know that brother's probably struggling. I tell you what, honey, we might need it. you know, I remember for us when we were going through that, that then somebody came and they just dropped off a gift card to Publix and they just kind of set it down inside of our mailbox. And man, that was a blessing. You say you're able to see and then feel and communicate that need. But see, what happens is what many times God does lay it and we have the seeing a need turning our head and still seeing and feeling that need. But many times it never translates to action. You know, as I, I have a list, it sounds weird, but I have a list, I have a list of a lot of things, right? This list specifically, I have a list of the top 10 things I hate to hear come out of a human being's mouth. See, it's therapy for me, because if somebody says it, I already know it makes me upset. So I can already be like, I've already fought that battle. So as you're saying it, old news to me, pal, old news, Right? This literally is number one. Let me give the context and let me give you the statement. Okay? Context is this. Let's say, we'll put it in your church setting. Pastor Wright comes up on a Wednesday night, let's just say. And, uh, all right, we've got the prayer requests and stuff. And uh, you are very precise. You are, ve- like, he summarized my entire message in three sentences. And I'm like, that's what I was trying to do. <laughs> anyway, so he doesn't babble. I understand that. But let's just say he was just kind of babbling this time you know I'll pray for this person let's pray yeah make sure we pray for so and so sister who'd you say okay let's pray for them too as well oh church family I, I forgot to mention this to you but um I know we've been praying a long time for a brother and sister so and so but um actually actually they, they didn't end up getting a divorce and um I think she's going to be heading down I think she lives in Florida her family and he's taking a job and he's going somewhere in the northeast so we're going to need to be in prayer for that family as uh, they get, I mean, a lot of the things happen with the kids. We need to be praying for them as a church. And let's keep on praying. Now, he continues to say that. After the service, a little congregation of people get together. Then that guy who just, obviously, the, God, the family just split apart. They're, he's the topic of discussion in this little congregation. And here is the statement. Yeah, I saw it coming. You saw a need. You saw it. You even felt that need. And did nothing. Did you offer to take care of their kids? Did you offer maybe just a, hey, y'all need a date night and maybe I can just do a little something for you guys? Did we do anything as the body of Christ? Is the only thing that we can do is just pronounce the ending judgment. Up, well, <laughs> you know what happens happens, and we just saw that coming around the corner. I mean, you saw how fast I left the service every time. You saw every time how things were happening inside their life, and so you can see how they were kind of having a little. We went to a, a an outing, and he kind of sat here, and she sat there. So yeah, we saw all of that, and did nothing. How dwelling. The love of God in him. You know, when you you think of it, this is what makes it to a different level as far as when you begin to see inside of how God and and. And when he was saying the church coming together, you know, these people had left their blood family and blood was the, was the glue during that time in a culture. And God says now we're going to replace that blood cult, that blood glue and now that glue is going to be Christ and Christ is what's going to join us together. And though we're different and though we have these different things, we are going to look, at, look out after each other as a family. Noah. Noah. I must make this qualifier real quick and understanding. It's because sometimes people can get upset that God speaks to one person about a certain situation. And we think that if God didn't speak to you, then the, it must be illegitimate. It, it, must not be, it must be pointless. You know, um, I think I, me- I mentioned about Tabitha's family and uh, her brother being killed in Afghanistan. And by the way, all those who served, I was, brother, brother Bill, where is he? he go? Whoever and the others who have served our country, we say thank you. Happy Veterans Day. To all those that served our country, you know, the f- sacrifice, and not only you, but also your family has made, we say a hearty thank you. But my my, my brother-in-law, obviously, um, we celebrate him on Memorial Day, unfortunately, but as we do, um, I remember my wife and I, we were coming out of a place, and as we were coming out of a, we were coming out of Walmart, yeah, it was just Walmart, and uh, we were coming out and there was a person standing at the entrance, and we're kind of walking to the car, and I walk. I tend to walk a little fast, <laughs> and so I'm walking fast, and I'm having the conversation with my wife, and suddenly I'm having a conversation with myself, and, I, and I'm like, look around, like, where did my wife go? <laughs> where did my wife go? And I turned around, and she's back out here, and she has her purse, and, and she's digging down inside of her purse, and she's finding some money to put inside this boot. That's uh, it was for for warriors or different things, as a military, different things. Now, do you, here's here's what happens sometimes, is that sometimes we look and say. If God didn't speak to me about it, I'm walking with God too, and God speak to my heart about doing something for that over there. And I understand this is not a brother situation as far as in the church, but God spoke to them. But now that doesn't make sense. Why? 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 Why are you doing all that? You know, and and why? Why do you believe you should be given to this thing over here? Did you not watch the 2020 episode that this is happening and that's happening? Man, just just let let somebody just obey the Spirit of God. Just just leave. God allowed her to see a need that I didn't see. My life circumstances didn't dictate that, okay? You might be able to walk in here and somebody walk inside the church and you can look at their eyes and say, whoa, they are having a problem with addictions and stuff. I might just think they're tired, right? But you saw a need. And as you see the need, and then God then takes your heart, your life circumstances. See, the time that we take our greatest pain And we begin to make it our greatest ministry. The time we get to the point where God has grown us. You have gone through X. And as you have gone through that. Now's your chance. To reach your hand out to someone else. And not just say. Brother I don't know how you feel. But actually brother I do. I do. And by God's grace and God's help. He. Is faithful. You know, when we were having all the miscarriages and stuff and we were trying to have children, different things. I mean, there's people who came and hugged us and said, oh, I'm sure to my wife that you're having a a hard time. But it was different that woman who had five miscarriages came and hugged my wife. She said, I, God is faithful. To see the need and then feel the need. And then lastly, you see very simply, you act on the need. Verse 18, my little children, let's not love in word, neither in tongue, but in deed and in truth. You know, I I made an observation after I got back from Nicaragua years ago. You know, why is it that I hoard things and keep things? Now I am nostalgic, that's number one. (laughs) I had this t shirt that I got called to preach in in 1996, and after I got married, my wife said, We ain't keeping that, and I don't have it anymore. But anyway, I am pretty nostalgic. But do you know many times why it is that inside of our life we have ten of the same item? We had bought a refrigerator and it was fine, but the wife wanted one that talked to her. And so you put that one inside the garage and then you put a new refrigerator inside and and why is it that refrigerator sits in there and has been sitting there for the past five years or the microwave that you got a new one and God bless you, change things in your kitchen, that didn't match and so you set it in there. And then you kind of just sit there and there's like three more right beside it and they don't get used. You know why it is I find that I keep and have multiple items of the same thing? It's because I don't trust God that if I needed another one, he would provide it. So I got to have like ten of them, right? And so that's why I have a car that I've never used in my life. Every time I get ready to use it, I got to jump the battery because I never mess with it, but you never know, right? Never know. Never know if God could actually provide another one if I actually needed it. And so, therefore, I have blessings that God has given to me inside of my life that could be used in the body. Hence, what happens is there's a lady over here who could be using the microwave that God blessed this other person over here with. And there's somebody else over here who could be using the vehicle that somebody has over here that by the grace of God could be able to help somebody else in the body. What I'm saying is it's time to act. Talk is cheap. Sometimes by saying you love everybody is an excuse to love nobody. See this with ministries with children? You know, I went on the bus for 12 years, right? I was a bus runner. We have a bus, and and then if we pull up and I'd run to knock doors, and every Saturday I'd go out there. And you know, I found people be like, there'd be some lady in church be like, oh. Oh, I'm not, not, let me just pick on the ladies here, but let me, let me just make my point, okay, is, oh, I just love the children that come. Oh, we got upward going on here. Oh, I love all the kids. Oh, we have a great outreach. I just love all of them. Oh, I can just hold them. Oh, I can just hug all of them and just make them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and I can bring them to the house because I just adore those little children. They're so sweet. I love and love to invest. Okay. You don't even know their name. You want to say, stop, just stop. This is dumb. This is just one thing to be able to say, oh, how much I care, how much I love. How about walking over and just say, how was your school day? How about just trying to memorize a name, go write it down somewhere, and then say, the next time I see them next Sunday, I'm going to do something I mean, it's easy to be able to say, yeah, I gave some money to be able to sell. We can do all this stuff. That's fine. And in America and many different things, that's what we like to do. But when it comes down to it and getting necessarily our fingers dirty, getting up in there and in people's business, sometimes we have a whole new story. He says, let's stop. You can't just love in word. It is time now for the body of Christ to love in deed, to be able now that we not just talk about how much we care for this world, but step out these doors. And let them see it. You know, I, you begin to see that loving Jesus and loving your brother are inseparable. Loving Jesus, loving your neighbor, these are inseparable as you go through this, you know, through this time. You know, uh, I always wonder about this land. I call it the land of what if. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can do with the land of what if, but let's just say the land of what if in this context. What if every time God laid on my heart to be a blessing to somebody else, I did it? What if I felt the pastor was going through a time that I, Lord, laid on my heart just to write him in a note and I did it? What if I had a little bit something extra and I knew so-and-so who was lost their job and... God laid on my heart and actually followed through. What if? When you live in the land of what if you find that actually the body of Christ could be closer, could be more genuine. It could be what God intended it to be. With all that being said, you see the see the need, feel the need, act on the need. One verse that I do want you to turn to, two verses, I'm sorry, in the book of John, and then we'll call today. Look at John chapter number 13. Look at John chapter number 13. Let me quickly move over there. John chapter number 13. Jesus is speaking to his disciples here. Classic passage. But I want us to point out and look at in this, in this room. John chapter number 13 verses 34 and 35. The Bible says this. A new commandment I give unto you. That ye love one another. As I have loved ye. Loved you. That ye also love one another. By this... Shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one to another. Let me show you something very interesting, because he's talking to disciples here, and telling them that the world will know that you are my disciples because you have love one another. Notice what it doesn't say. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, because you have a big Bible when you go to work, a very big one. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, because when you walk out that house, honey, you come dressed to the hilt. You wear a tie everywhere you go. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples. Because, I mean, the way that you carry yourself. He says nothing. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. The love ye have one for another. The love that we show to our brother. So that means what I'm saying is the world can understand that currency of somebody showing love to another person. And the world might not get all the intricacies about grace, all the intricacies about sanctification. But they do know when one human being shows love to another human being without reciprocation. The world sees, the world sees a lady at work just kind of doing her thing, kind of doing things. And, here, the other people at work kind of know what she's been going through and remember how we just kind of look at it and we see to ourselves that that as she's been going through all these difficulties in their life and then people begin in the unsafe community begin to ask her so how are you making it through how are you doing and then and then this person begins to describe the love that's been shown to her by the people in the body of Christ. Yeah, this guy came over to my house and he came over and and, and, and you knew that my car was broken down, but one of the guys in my church just came over and, and he just replaced it and, and he didn't even he didn't charge me for the part. He didn't do anything. And then the lady asked, well, what, well, what does he expect in return? Oh, nothing. He's, he just, he just, that's just what we do. That's just how they just show love. What I'm saying is those people then see wait that doesn't make sense so they're not trying to get anything out of them they're not trying to make this happen they're not trying to you know part of some club and where well, you got to give your weekly this and, and give your time to do this no it's just how the body of Christ works it's the body of Christ shows love one to another so here's a simple question as we close do you love your brother Do you love your sister in the body of Christ? Not just talking. But if we looked at this year, it's been hard for all of us. So that means that we probably have sent more notes than ever to people that we think are hurting. Right? Maybe you've actually done fairly well. Your business has done great during this time. So, oh, so naturally naturally you probably sent a little envelope to somebody who you know they've been out of work for the past two. What I'm saying is, this just what happens, right? So Adrian, you're being harsh. I'm being practical for us to understand that this is how the body of Christ works. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes together.